welcome to Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, ML Roostrap, and I'm here with a special guest today, Natalia. I cannot pronounce your last name, so please forgive me. Okay, Natalia Restokian. Yeah, had... my... <laughs> <laughs> it's, a hard, it's hard for you, right? <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, well, you have... Well, that's what we I... do to people. They will never forget us. <laughs> exactly. I mean, my my last name is horribly hard for a lot of people. And when you have strokes and stuff like that, it just makes pronouncing last names that much harder. But we're not here to talk about me today. We're here to talk about your wonderful book called Mask. So how did you come up with this? Well, honestly, um, I came up with the idea of the book because um... – a lot of people say that you choose to write a book because um, you have this strength and this strength just inspires you. Well, uh, my strength did not inspire me. My loneliness inspired me, my pain and uh, my experience in life. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I was like expecting to be in a different place when I came to Canada, having children and a family with my loving husband, and when all that didn't happen, I just started writing, uh, and it it just happened, like, I was just facing my own demons, and like, it's uh, a book of confession, and mixed with a little bit of fiction, and putting spices in this story, you know, and um, I think that um, in the end, uh, I decided to write it masks, uh, because, uh, we wear masks mm-hmm. for different reasons. Sometimes we do because we choose to, and sometimes because we love to. Sometimes we're scared to remove them. Sometimes, I don't know, because we are born with them and we don't even realize we're wearing them. That's why I called my book Masks, and it it's concentrated on women's issues and taboos and uh, being romantic and an erotic novel. Uh, it speaks um, the story of a young woman uh, um, who has a journey for becoming a celebrity famous and whatever she goes through, the difficulties and experiences in order to become famous and um, everything it is, um, most of it it is related to my um, life and some of it from the things that I have heard and seen. And, of course, um, the fiction is, uh, like, how do you say it? Uh, the cherry on the top of the ice cream. <laughs> Mixed with well, it in order to make it, um, I perfect, don't know, right? more interesting. But we've had a couple chances to talk as we're friends mm-hmm. off of radio. But your story didn't start in moving to Canada. Your story started in... What Lebanon? Yes, in Lebanon and at least, yeah, in Lebanon and the Arab world, yeah. Because I wrote in mm-hmm. Canada. Because when I came to Canada eleven years ago, I married the one I love. I remarried for the second time. I followed my heart. I came here to Canada, and I wrote about my experiences um, because I was a TV show host, a journalist, and an actress back in Lebanon and the Arab world. So I left everything behind and I followed my heart here to Canada. And um, it's romantic, right? 
in yes, doing it, it, I mean, <laughs> it makes you really know that there is love in the world. Very true. I, I mean, believe in your story. Yeah, your story. Because we have, a, like I said, we have had a chance to talk about your story. It's so awesome. Because, okay, I, I don't Thank know you. how much we, you want to you want to talk on the air about it. I, but I have no, it, I have no problem. Okay. I have no problem. Um, you cannot. You don't have to say off the record. You just ask me anything you want. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I so, have no masks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's. Well, it, this actually led into this book from our previous discussions. It's you were in Lebanon, then you came to the U.S. and met your now husband. Yes. yes. And then. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about the story? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was in Lebanon and I was married, so I came to U.S., United States, Los Angeles. Well, uh, my warm regards to everybody over there in the United States, and thank you guys a lot for all your support, for everything that you're doing for me. I mean, I I have great respect and uh, gratitude to America, honestly. Of course, to Canada, too, because they made me an author, <laughs> and I'm Canadian. <laughs> and uh, But in Los Angeles, I have to, um, if you go back to the story, I was having a, a chat online, and then I met a stranger, so um, we started to chat, and et cetera, et cetera, and it happened like, this happened like 12 years ago, and um, I ended up like uh, having a one-night stand with this guy, and uh, we fell in love, uh, uh, I mean, it wasn't on good good terms. Where if we're talking about values and ethics in life, <laughs> in life, because your codes say doesn't do not betray your husband, even though if he does. So I was yeah. literally betraying. But um, when we face uh, our mistakes and we talk about it, and we judge ourselves, it's okay because we all do mistakes and we make choices. So uh, I fell in love with this guy and. He fell in love with me too. I don't know. I don't even know. I mean, how did, did he ended up deciding to <laughs> marry me? But uh, he's like, okay, I'm gonna marry you. Like seriously, are you kidding me? <laughs> and uh, I said, this is a one night stand. I'm leaving. You know, I have a life back there. And um, I left. And I'm not gonna ruin the story of the book because there are parts right. of this story. In the book, mm-hmm. I put in the book. Right. I mean, yeah, we don't want to ruin way. the book, but so I'm with him now, and we've been together for 12 years, and he's the love of my life. He loves me, supports me, and even though he doesn't even uh, read, he's not a nerd like me, but he supports everything I do just because I do, and he's unique. I mean, he's one of the few good men who are out there. So that one, I took it. He's taken. So good luck with the rest, <laughs> because <laughs> it's very hard to find good men these days. With all my respect, oh, it is the good ones. It, it is so hard to find a good man. I mean, okay, so this is all taboo stuff. Okay, we we don't talk about this, but the good ones are either taken or prefer the company of other good men. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but why is it taboo to talk about? <laughs> The ones that we cannot find them. See, this is a mask. We should remove the mask, Melissa. Come on. <laughs> I know. It. I know. We're right? trying to remove the mask. I mean, I I know he's going to be listening tonight, but I have a very good friend hmm. that 
he's divorced. We're both divorcees. And this is the first good man I've talked to in a long time. Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah, we're trying to work it out because we're both, how do you say, um, we need the, we have trust issues because of our line of work. So there's a whole gap there that we have to fill in before we even get past where we're at right now. But it feels so good to have someone to talk to almost on a daily basis and talk about anything and everything. Exactly. And you know what I think? A lot of people just say, how come? I mean, your second marriage is so good. I said, you're so happy. Sorry, Mm -hmm. I used the wrong word. You're so happy. I say, I'm so happy because from your first marriage, you learn a lot, and then you try not to make the same mistakes in your second marriage. So that's why most women who are remarried, they are, like, happier, and they make their partners Mm -hmm. happier than people in the first marriage. And, uh, And I just keep on joking and I say you know like the first marriage is like going to the university and you learn everything and the second marriage is is your business after that you open or you go and you start working so you train you learn and everything blah 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 but it's true I mean we learn in life uh, for me marriages don't work because two people are not meant to be together and it doesn't mean that right. uh, our, either parties are not good but we make mistakes but sometimes when we age and we mature with time we realize that is it worth it? I mean, uh, to make the mistakes. Some, and that's what I think that right. divorcee women it, it, are it, just uh, more chance with single men, especially. I mean, my husband is single; he's never been married, and we know how to handle them. You know, <laughs> it's it's it's, exactly. it's very funny. Like divorcee women marrying single men, right? Right. Unfair, um, but true. Yeah, it is because you have a married. A divorced woman, you find a single man that's never been in a serious marriage relationship, they have all these expectations, and the woman's like, oh, no, 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 we're done there. But you know what? what's funny? I okay. see things from another point of view. I see things because I married my husband, and he was single. The expectations that they have when you're married before, you'll be so much more prepared than a single woman, because when you're both not married, I mean, the arguments can go so deep. They will be so harsh. Like, seriously, literally, they will be very, like, uh, epidemic. <laughs> How can I say it? But when you're married before, you will know, I mean, how to put boundaries, how to control yourself. So one of the sides have to be, like, putting the balance and controlling the balance, not to make the mood, the energy, like, all the bad vibes surrounding the relationship and I think when you are like divorcee then whatever they expect and whatever life throws at you you'll be ready that's what I think as a divorcee woman I'm not promoting divorcee women that they are better than single girls out there no I'm I'm sure that and I know that everyone is unique and all women are beautiful and all girls deserve to have love in their lives and uh, whatever they choose to have, I respect that. But I think that mm-hmm. as a divorcee woman, we have a way to embrace single men. And, uh, because it's like you know things that you could be going through. So mm-hmm. that's a plus. See, my thing is I'm attracted to 
this divorcee person, man. The, oh. yeah, the divorcee man. Be, but he also has a very young daughter who reminds me oh. of my daughter at that age. Oh, so cute. So you have a lot in common. Yeah. You, oh, we have so much in common, it's scary. I mean, we we have the work part, and I will never mention his name on air ever, so don't think this is a one-time conversation. This isn't. It is, I cannot mention his name. But um, Don't worry about it. I'm sure yeah. that... For us, it's the experience and the information about how you feel matters more than the name of a person. Exactly. Right. See? Now and the roles he... are just changed. Now I am the one interviewing you. See? <laughs> I'm back in loving it, being a TV show host. <laughs> See, this is why I love live radio, because anything can happen at any time. Yeah, especially like, when people who have been on the television live their whole lives. Like me, for yes. me, it's easy. The only thing is that I'm not speaking in Arabic or Armenian. Now I'm doing it in English, so that's the difference. <laughs> we'll see. Yes, go well, ahead. Have... You were saying, I... Melissa, <laughs> about oh, what we have in common. It's cool. So, we're talking about this. I mean, it's Valentine is it's very near, and it's approaching, week. and we're just talking about love. Exactly. So last night, I'm not a dreamer, okay? So last night I'm dreaming of his daughter doing her hair. I'm like, where is this coming from? I haven't even met his daughter in person. So I'm like, what the heck am I dreaming? <laughs> because <laughs> because it's funny because my daughter, when she was five, six years old, she hated having her hair done, like in twisty ties and stuff like this. And I'm dreaming about doing his daughter's hair. I'm like, what oh. the heck? It, it's funny and so sweet, but it's yeah, it, and it's it's cute, but at the same time, I'm like, wait, it would make more sense if I was dreaming about him, but I'm not dreaming about him. I'm dreaming about him. But it's in his... your subconscious, maybe your subconscious. Now yeah. I'm analyzing you, Jesus Christ. Okay, so <laughs> well, maybe in your subconscious mind, you're thinking about the relationship and uh, and and you care for her, his daughter a lot, and you love mm-hmm. her so much. So maybe that's why. Because they say sometimes that sometimes dreams are the result of the subconscious mind. Though sometimes I have a lot of dreams like, how come this person ended up in my dream? I wasn't even thinking about her or him. It's very weird sometimes right. dreams. I was it just is. talking with my bestie today. She's in the States, Washington. So, um, And uh, I was saying to her, oh, my God, Mireille, I had a dream. Like, She's like, what dream? And it was very weird. Like, did you think about this person? I said, not even. And um, well, and we analyze dreams in the morning, you know, when we wake up. Yes, <laughs> it's a very typical Armenian thing to do. Well, I normally I love analyzing dreams. I love analyzing the spiritual world and stuff like this. So me, I'm up half the night in between dreams that involve him or his family. I'm like, <sighs> this is either a blessing. Or my mm. mind just needs to relax because yesterday was a horrible day. Now I'm giving myself mental positive energy. Exactly. So, I agree there yeah. with you. Yeah. That's what's happening. I think that because children are, I mean, symbol of innocence, right? Mm-hmm. And right. they bring happiness. I have no children of my own. Aww. But, uh, yeah, I don't. So that's why I spoil my husband all the time. Yeah. You can borrow my daughter anytime you want. No, thank <laughs> you. I have no experience, so I don't know how I'm going to handle her. Like, 
she's six. She's sixteen. Really. Oh my God! No, thank you so much. That's yeah. That's why you're saying that. If she was a baby, you wouldn't, right? I mean, she's at that no. age. Like, it's very hard that age for teenagers. Is, I think that I've been like. I, I talk about that my all my life, all like sixteen. Stubborn. Yeah. Well, she's autistic, so age-wise, she's sixteen. She could talk to you like she's twenty-six. She could talk to you wow. like a sixteen-year-old, or she could be five. Wow. So, yeah, so I'm, I, I just always say, I'm like, you can borrow my daughter. You can't keep her, but you can borrow her for <laughs> a few hours. How we're going to handle? <laughs> I mean, I say, I think that um, it's a blessing to have children. But uh, for me, that's why I say, I say, I write novels now. And um, um, every single girl out there who reads my book, Masks, it's uh, I feel like I'm their mother and I'm giving them advice because yes. I'm so much older than them and um, and that's when um, I think that you can make changes in people's lives even though you're not I mean physically their mother but uh, I think each one out there is my daughter whoever reads and gets inspired because I think I say I say this book is my baby and my second mm-hmm. novel also is going to be my baby because um, it's like it's not the big legacy I think, but for me it is because I have worked so hard to bring right. this um, to publish the book and and Amazon uh, ACX Audible made they made a deal with me and I'm very thankful with the narrator Nicole Rene and now it's an audio book mm-hmm. on Audible. Oh. Amazon, yeah, iTunes, and I'm very thankful. I mean, they've done a great job, and they adapted it into an audiobook, and I'm looking forward to have it adapted into a movie because I think it would just uh, bring so much inspiration to women, not because... It um, does. Yeah, right? I've had a uh, the adventures are different <laughs> yes. over there. See, it's not I, like here. Right. I had a chance to go through your book, not... 100% word for word, but enough to get the feeling and the sense. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can see this in my mind. Like, As that would movie, be so right? awesome to see it. Yeah, it needs to be yeah. seen, not just read, but seen and experienced. And we need some of these things that are in your book to be talked about because as you yeah. say we have sexual taboos or religious ones or social and imagine ones. if you're having sexual taboos here what about there the sexual taboos and and i was very yeah. i mean uh, frustrated when it was like nominated for awards and the first one i got i became one of the 11 finalists for forward indies uh, award in washington and then in los angeles i got a gold award i mean two months ago and i was thrilled and um, they all say the same thing because it is the first of its kind, the story mm-hmm. of masks. I mean, yeah. my novel. It, and uh, that's why it's thrilling. I'm sure that other women with time from there will dare to start writing stories as such. But mm-hmm. um, it needs courage. And at the same time, you should be ready to be judged and uh, persecuted. <laughs> and um, But I choose to be brave because... I just feel very comfortable now and uh, so happy and so relieved. And I feel like I have this uh, courage like inside me. I, I'm I'm not scared to say anything uh, 
which is related to taboos and accept my own faults. And um, yeah, and um, that's why I think that I know that it will be a great movie because I'm sharing the voices of all those women who don't want to mm-hmm. speak out loud, you know, and these are celebrities, famous people. And um, There's so much that we don't say that we need to say, but we're afraid to, especially women yes. who are successful. We're afraid to open our mouths because if they you lose say everything. this, yeah. yeah, you lose everything. You lose credibility. You lose your fan base. You lose your money. You lose everything. Or you, your family goes, yeah, it, it is. I mean, even with yeah, the I mean, the, the, the closest people to you will start judging you. And you say, mm-hmm. like, and, and the thing is that I don't know why people do not differentiate between talking about taboos because uh, you want to talk about them and criticize them or because it is pain. So I'm writing this because I'm writing, I wrote the novel Masks and I'm writing now my second novel because for me it's, it's about finding a solution. And when, when women are courageous and, and we say, yes, we are there too. Yes, we went through this too in Lebanon, in Arab world. It happened to me. It happened to this person, to that person. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Things will stop happening because people will start fearing your attackers, the people who are manipulating us. They will stop doing it because it's being spoken out loud everywhere. Correct. And, uh, it, it, I was very scared just, to speak. Yeah, it can't be just the women in the U.S speaking about this. It can't be just the women in Lebanon or the Middle East. It yes. has to be us as a unified group speaking Amen up. to that, sister. <laughs> I agree <laughs> with you totally. That's why I say, I say, I mean, when they just uh, talked to me and wrote about me like uh, you are the advocate of women in the Arab world, I said it's an honor to have that as a title because uh, for me mm-hmm. I I want us to have me too movement over there because we don't and um and and it's very hard and it's very sad that uh, people think that we have a lot of things different and I I'm I'm not talking about culture but when it comes to values and it comes to emotions we have so much more in common and the most important thing is that we come from the spe- the same species and uh, we just have so much in common and and this book, Masks, is the bridge to show them that, I mean, yes. you can be happy. You are blessed to be in America. You're blessed to be in Canada. You're blessed to be in mm-hmm. Europe, in Australia. You have your rights. You can stand up and say something. But over there, you really lose what you have. I mean, probably, I mean, there will be a scandal when in the, in the States, somebody who ha- who is famous, a famous stands up and talks about her problem. But over there, you can even be just... Uh, put in jail because you will be judged because this is something unethical. So there right. are a lot of things that are scary, and it has nothing to do with religion. It is related to um, um, culture. I mean, uh, the system in the country, the way the rules mm-hmm. are put. I mean, I don't know, 400 years ago, still today it's the same. Though it's a Christian country, Lebanon, the president is Christian. And we're like so open-minded when you just search on YouTube about Lebanon. I mean, mm-hmm. the... Uh, the um, Exposure of the outer appearances are so different from what you see uh, behind curtains. And that contradiction is very painful. See, I don't know much about the Lebanese culture or the 
you know, the country because I've never been there. I haven't lived it. I haven't been exposed to it. Mm-hmm. So having you here talking about it, it's a learning experience beyond your book mask. Yeah, because in Lebanon, I mean, um, there are different cultures over there, and me, I'm Armenian, so I was born there. So, I mean, um, I am Lebanese because I was born there, I was raised there, but my um, my parents are both Armenian. That's why my family name is hard for you to say, like Natalie Restokian, because Armenians have I-A-N or Y-A-N in the end of their family names, except if they are mm-hmm. from old royal families, which are the seven royal families, I think seven or nine. I don't um, remember exactly, but seven or nine. So I'm not from a royal family. <laughs> so, uh, But uh, we, we were born there because of the genocide, the Armenian genocide that happened at the First World War. And uh, my grandpa was an orphan. He came there. And I was born and raised there. But, uh, I mean, it's like the country is separated. I mean, you will see that some people are really very conservative. And others are, like, uh, very scared to uh, be standing out of the crowd and standing aside and talk, talking out loud about their pain because it's shameful for them. And right. um, But it's not shameful. I mean, you look at them. I will have the plastic surgeries, the fashion, and everything. Everything is, like, so updated. I mean, it's like, wow. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, here now I see people, I mean, women here, like, oh, do I have to go and do Botox? I mean, Seriously, are you kidding me? I mean, we have been doing that over there 20 years ago. I mean, it's not like you're flying to the moon. Just do it already. You have a lot of wrinkles. So if you want to do too, <laughs> but it's not something scary, you're not going to die. So you know what I mean? But over there, people are like so overwhelmed with uh, outer yeah. appearances and the way they dress and uh, very, uh, uh, very beautiful, very sexy, um, very, you see luxury everywhere in nightclubs, houses, and everywhere. And most of the time, they spend all of their money, whatever they have, only for to live, to look beautiful and yeah. to party. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's not like here. Here you don't care. I mean, you can go anywhere without makeup, and do nobody looks at you because they don't judge you by your appearances. So, but it's it's. Also that, like, weighs you down to be who you are. And, um, mm-hmm. like, they compete among, uh, I don't know, I mean, the woman who works for you at your house, mine is better because she's from this country. From that. I mean, very naive things. But I think that the society has been through a lot after the war because there was war for 30 years. And still now, today, the political situation is not okay. But uh, people are suffering from post-traumatic war um, mm-hmm. problems that's, and um, that's, psychologically. That's, I mean, like yeah, me, I, I came to Canada, and if you come to my house, we're only two people, and mm-hmm. I have two fridges, and you you can open any cupboards, a cupboard in the kitchen, and you see what I have. Like, you think that tomorrow it's going to be World Hunger Day. Because, like, yeah. my husband, we're only two people. Like, okay, the tuna is missing. He says, one can of tuna is missing. You only have five. I say, yeah, but it was six. Because I have in my mind, you know, because I have lived the war. I have seen mm-hmm. the civil war. I have lived with, I mean, underground places with my parents. And 
rats, cockroaches. I never had shower for three, 30 days, 35 days. I lived this, and I was very young. So these things, they just leave um, some, um, some kind of uh, effect on you, bad effect, you know. And yeah. I keep on checking everything, you know, like, oh, uh, we have electricity here, and we need candles, like my husband. No, we don't need candles. This is Canada. But at the back of my mind, it's like everything I have you to have need home, it. you know. So, yeah. yeah. So I don't no. blame the things okay. that we go through over there. We okay. are blessed we only in these have countries. We don't even know. Not. We only have a few seconds left. So before we leave, where can our listeners find you? Um, you can find masks by Natalie Restokian on Amazon, eBay, and also on Audible, iTunes. Okay. And I thank Are you, you so uh, much for your time. It was an amazing, uh, unique yeah, interview, you, by the we, way. We can get together and be talking for an hour, seriously. Yeah, right? And, <laughs> and I promise you that beautiful necklace. I didn't forget about it. <laughs> and I want to thank also all the listeners, of course, uh, and my warm regards to everyone, wherever they are, and they are listening yes. to your show. You're amazing, Melissa. Thank you for your time. And um, um, thank you for this wonderful chance, and I wish you the best of luck. And um, I hope that my novel masks changes your life and life of many women to see that they can be happy. And uh, oh, I, not I have no doubt. Yes, it's going to be, you have to pick it up because it will change your outlook on so many different things from a mother talking to a daughter to learning a different culture. But again, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Melissa. And I will talk to you again next time. Yes, sure. I will be looking forward. And, and thanks. Have a nice day, Natalie. You too, Bye. Bye.